Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. Hello, this is Pastor Bill Warwick from the Nanaglow United Methodist Church. I'm the pastor of the Bright Hope Charge, being Nanaglow, Belsano Red Brick, Belsano Faith, and Strongstown. Even though today is Saturday, April the 4th, I am doing the live stream for Sunday, April the 5th. Uh, a couple of quick announcements. I hope tomorrow to be able to have the church open from 10 to 11 if someone would like to come to the church for a time of prayer or a time at the altar or possibly a time of communion. I'm also planning on having the church open Thursday evening because this is Monday, Thursday from 6 to 8. Same thing for communion, time at the altar, whatever you wish. Uh, it would be best if you could call me beforehand. My number is 442-1265. That way we wouldn't have a rush or definitely be sure I'm here and prepared. But we want to keep our numbers low and we want to keep separated. We will try to do that, but I still think we need time to be in the church to uh, have communion and to have prayer time. So that's some of the announcements. For April the 5th, which actually will be tomorrow morning, I want you to know that it's the first Sunday of the month. Normally, this would be our communion week, and that's why I'm trying to offer it. Uh, they're saying we can't do communion via the Internet or over the Facebook. So that's why if we want to do it, it needs to be here at the church on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, secondly, it's Palm Sunday. Unfortunately, we do not have any palms. We didn't get any delivered. So I'm sorry to say that we cannot have palms. I would recommend that you read Matthew chapter 21 or Mark chapter 11. That talks about what we would have for Palm Sunday. The other thing it is Passion Sunday. And so that's what I'm going to try to um, relate to today as we talk about this. So as Passion Sunday, as we talk about it, there is some multiple scriptures for it. And one of the first scriptures I would like to read comes from Isaiah 50, verses 4 through 9a. The Sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears and I have not been rebel rebellious. I have not drawn back. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the sovereign Lord who helps me. Who is he that will condemn me? 
want you to think about this piece of scripture. I'm going to do them individually today instead of reading all of them and going back. I want you to think about the scripture from Isaiah as it talks about something that we know actually happened quite a few years afterwards. In fact, many, many years. It's actually talking about what happened to Jesus Christ. When Jesus, before he was on the cross, it, it talks about him having his, his beard was pulled, his back was beaten, and all the other things. This is a reflection of what was to happen to Jesus Christ. And he says that he was not, um, excuse me, he, he was... He said he did not hide his face, even from the mocking and the spitting, because of the sovereign Lord. He knew that God the Father was with him through this time, this time of being put toward the cross, and this was what was happening immediately before the cross. Next piece of scripture I wanted to read to you would have been our responsive reading for the day, which comes from Psalm 31, I'm reading 9 through 16. This would normally be a responsive reading. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have passed out of mind like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many terror all around as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me through your steadfast love. Even though we know this psalm was written by King David, we can also say that it reflects a lot of what was happening to Jesus Christ right prior to his going to the cross. So it's another piece of scripture that I hope you will read and study and think about. My next reading actually comes from Matthew. And if you have time, I would recommend you read from chapters 26, verse 14, all the way through 27, chapter 27, verse 66. And I don't think you want me to read all that right now, so I'll be reading uh, chapter 27, 11 through 54. Still a very long verse. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, 
he had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why, what crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted out the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead of an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, Let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the parthorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to be crucified. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, and after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right, one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him. Now if he wants him, for he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. 
from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and explained, surely he is the son of God. Surely he is the son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I know that's a long piece of scripture, but it leads us up to actually what we need to be thinking about today. This week, we know we celebrate Good Friday, and I've always questioned why we call it Good Friday, because the good is that Jesus went to the cross. That seems so bad to me, but yet, if Jesus had not went to the cross, we couldn't celebrate Easter. We couldn't celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the tomb. And next week, we'll be talking about that. But I want you to think about these things as Jesus was before Pilate. And he did say, he did answer him to say that when Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? He said, yes, it is as you say. But then when the others were questioning him, he never answered them. He was silent. He was quiet. <clears throat> Excuse me. So think about the, the things that happened while Jesus was going through this trial, was more of a mock trial than an actual trial, how the soldiers treated him, how all those around him were treating him, how they were all mocking him, they sped on him. It says about the crown of thorns, and they took the stick that they had put in his hand, and they beat on his head. Can you imagine that with a crown of thorns on his head and then having this stick to beat those thorns down into his skull? And I'm sure at that point, the blood was running down over his face, down over his body. But we know that they had mocked him by putting a, a robe on him. They also, after a while, took that robe off, put his own clothes back on him. Uh, we know part of the story talks about uh, Simon who helped carry the cross to the place of the skull, as they called it, to, to Golgotha. And the things that happened in that time, and they tried to offer him vinegar of all things to drink instead of water. 
Can you imagine not having water to drink? Something we take for granted every day. And it says on the sixth hour, when the darkness came over the land, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we know that God did not forsake him. God asked him to go to the cross to be that sheep for slaughter, that untarnished, no sin, the person that could be the only sacrifice to God the Father. And Jesus could have called himself down from that cross. We know that he had that ability, but thank God that he didn't. Because think about it, if he would have came down from the cross, he wouldn't have rose from the grave. And that's the thing that's the most important, is that he rose from the grave. And I want you to think about this. I had really not paid a lot of attention to this particular point. But it says that when he gave up the spirit, at that moment, says the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And we know when they built the curtain that was for the temple in the days, even when they were wandering the desert, that curtain was so strong, they said that they could hook two ox, one on each side, and the ox couldn't pull it apart. But yet when Christ gave up the spirit, that curtain was broken. And now we have that we can directly go to God. And that's what makes the difference. We don't have that curtain that's between us, between someone else and God. We can go directly there. It also says that the earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open. Did you ever catch that? I hadn't caught that before. It says the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They come out of the tombs, but they didn't show themselves until after Jesus' resurrection. Think about that. They went into the holy city and appeared to the people after Jesus' resurrection. Resurrection. And it says even the centurions, the, the guards that were watching over Jesus, even they said, surely, surely this is the Son of God. And it made such a world of difference to them and to us and to each and every one. From this day forward, it makes a difference. And I pray each one of us can remember that, think about it, and use it in our daily lives. One more short piece of scripture, then I'm going to close for the day. This comes from Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 5 through 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, and he became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, 
and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God the Father. Think of these last words. Because of what Jesus did. Because of who he became. Because he was willing to give up that position of God himself to die on a cross for you and for me that celebrate this week. This is Holy Week. As we think and look toward Easter, may we realize how important it is that God has done all he's done for each one of us. May we give thanks to God for that. Let us pray. Great and gracious God, we do thank you for Jesus Christ, your son, who was willing to give up himself for each and every one of us. He was willing to die on a cross, one of the worst type of deaths that could ever be, but he did it for you and for me. We thank you, Jesus, for what you have done we thank you, God the Father, for giving up your son. For I think if each one of us thought about it, we wouldn't want to give up one of our children. We wouldn't want them to go to a cross. We wouldn't want to watch them suffer the way Jesus suffered. But God the Father was willing for each one of us. We thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that each one might know you as their personal Savior. And I pray that we're in this time of pandemic, this time when there's so many things that are so different that we can't have services. I pray that we remember you first and foremost. I pray that each one that's at home is reading their Bible checking out the scriptures that we've given them for this week, reading those, and spending time in prayer. May each one of us spend time with you. May we each get to know you in a better way than what we did yesterday. And may we know you better tomorrow and the next day and each day thereafter. Bless each and every one. I pray that you will take this virus away and help our our community, our people, those around us, the whole world, that we might be safe again. We thank you for what you have done, and we thank you for what you will do. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for your time, and I pray that you will um, give me a call if there's anything that I can do. And yes, I am trying to have some times that we can come to church so that we can have some communion, we can have some prayer time at the altar, and anything else that you need, please call me. My phone number is 814-442-1265. Thank you, God bless you, and have a great day.